church. Everybody sing. Everybody shout. Everybody lift your voice. You've got so much to sing about. Dance a little longer and sing a little stronger. Open up your heart, rejoice. Let your praises ring. Everybody sing. Everybody sing. And in the morning when we rise, let our lives be filled with the melody. Lifting up another hallelujah to the King of Kings. What else can we say? There's no way to contain this song. We're singing it all day long. So everybody sing. Come on now, everybody shout. And everybody lift your voice. You've got so much to sing about. Let's dance a little longer and sing a little stronger. And open up your heart, rejoice. Let your praises ring. Everybody sing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm teaching it to you now. Whoa, whoa. It doesn't matter if you're old or young or where you're from. Come on and make a joyful noise. This sounds like heaven singing together with the people of the Lord. Now is the time for us to get up and let's glorify his name. We'll do it again and again. Everybody sing. Come on now, everybody shout. And everybody lift your voice. You've got so much to sing about. Dance a little longer and sing a little stronger. Open up your heart, rejoice. Let your praises ring. Everybody sing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Everybody sing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, now we had some good singing this morning. This lady brought down the house of God. These praise and worship singers gave all they had. But let me tell you some good news. They're not the only one that gets to sing. So do you. Everybody gets to sing and everybody gets to shout. Everybody gets to lift our voice and dance all about. I'm going to dance longer. I'm going to sing a little bit stronger. Let's open up our heart. Yeah. Everybody sing. Come on now. Everybody shout. And everybody lift your voice. You got so much to sing about. Dance a little longer and sing a little stronger. Open up your heart, rejoice. Let your praises ring. Everybody sing. Everybody sing. Everybody gets to sing. Everybody sing. Oh, I'm going to sing. Woo! 
let God hear my voice. God doesn't just hear them, but he hears you as well. He knows who's worshipped here this morning. Has he heard your voice? Clap your hands and give God all the praise. Everybody sings. Woo! I love him this morning, and I want to give him the praise and the glory. Amen? Go down clapping. In Jesus' name, you may be seated. Well, I'm telling you right now, we might have to come back next Sunday. Is it open, brother? (laughs) Praise God. There's such a beautiful spirit of the Holy Ghost here today. Aren't you excited to be a part of a church that loves God and can feel this? It's beautiful. My compliments to this building. It is beautiful. It is absolutely beautiful gorgeous and I am loving that I get to worship in such a beautiful building this morning and you should be so grateful I love the the cross in the ceiling I love I love just the the sunshine coming in it just feels like it's warming my heart thank you for allowing us to be a part of this beautiful service and be a part of this uh, church it's such a lovely lovely place you are so blessed to have your pastors they they took us around last night in Memphis I grew up in, in central Mississippi, and we came to Liberty Land when I was growing up. And uh, so we, we didn't spend a whole lot of time downtown, though. And uh, I remember one time we came to Liberty Land in a little hatchback. I don't even know the name of the car, but it was a little red hatchback, and we put nine people in that hatchback. I was in the back, in the hatchback, with two different people with our heads like this, and we drove three and a half hours to Memphis to go to Liberty Land, and it was closed. (laughs) Yeah, we turned around and drove back home. (laughs) Anyway, uh, but we have had a wonderful time last night. They showed us the beautiful city that you have here, and they they, we went to the hotel and had coffee, that beautiful Peabody Hotel. Your, Your pastor and his wife love your city. I don't think I've ever been to a place where I heard the pastor say it as much as he said it last night. I love Memphis. I love Memphis. And you know what? You know why? Because that's a burden they have in their heart. They have a burden for your city. Aren't you grateful you have a pastor who has a burden for your city? It's beautiful. It was just such a beautiful night. We had Memphis barbecue last night, and I know why it's so famous. But go ahead, and I'm going to sing one more song this morning. Thank you, Sister Johnson, Sister Johnson, Brother Johnson. I give you honor. You've done a beautiful job here. Oh, Lord, my God. When I... In awesome wonder, I consider all the worlds thy hands have made, and I see the stars, and I hear the rolling thunder. Thy power throughout the universe is displayed. 
And you know what happens when I see all of that? Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. Sing with me if you know it. How great Thou art. How great Thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art, how great Thou art. The splendor of the King, Jesus is robed in majesty. Let all the earth rejoice, let all the earth rejoice. Now this is what this church believes. Jesus is the Godhead, and these three are one. You know, we call Jesus the Father, and Jesus is the Spirit, and He's the Son. We also call Him Lion and Lamb. The Lion and the Lamb, how great is our God. Oh, how great is our God. And oh, is our God. Oh, how great is our God. Will you sing with me? How great is our God. And oh, we'll see how great is our God. Any Andre Crouch fans in the building? I know I loved his writing. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. To God be the glory for the things he has done. Woo! With his
Clap your hands to the Lord and give him a little shout of praise together with me. You know, when we come into God's house, God keeps pretty good records. And you know, often we're told, clap your hands. And man, when you clap, that's good. That's good. That's what you're supposed to do. We all get together clapping. And I believe you get credit for that. But I think there's another level. And that is when you begin to worship of your own accord. When nobody tells you and you just clap anyway. Nobody says anything and you wave your hands anyway. Nobody says a word and you just shout, Hallelujah! I think God says, Aha! There we go. He gives you high credit for high praise. I'm glad you're in the house of the Lord. Didn't you enjoy that great singing? Phenomenal job. Yeah. Phenomenal, phenomenal job. My wife is uh, a gifted and anointed lady. And she's also a great mother and grandmother. Her children rise and call her blessed. And I'm proud of the job she's done with our children. And now we're spoiling our grandson. And that's a good job by anybody's standards. Isaiah chapter 35 and verse 8, verse 9 and verse 10. Thanks to Bishop and Sister Johnson for their years of hard work and labor in uh, establishing this church. And then to my longtime friend, Pastor Mark Johnson. Tabitha, who showed us a good time last night, but we've been friends a long time, and we've enjoyed a lot of good times together. Look forward to that continuing. I appreciate that. All of you kind folk who've been kind to greet us when we walked in the door, I appreciate it. And if you happen to be watching us via live stream, welcome to Fountain of Truth right here in Bartlett, Tennessee. We're glad to have you all aboard live stream. Isaiah 35 and verse number 8. A house, a highway shall be there and a road, and it shall be called the highway of holiness. I'll explain that in a moment. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for others. Whoever walks the road, although a fool. That's one of my best phrases in the Bible. Whoever walks the road, although a fool, shall not go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast go up on it. It shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing, with everlasting joy on their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. I don't know what you're going through, but you just received a word from the Lord that the sorrow and the sighing shall flee away. Hallelujah. We're going to pray together before I preach because I believe that this thing is a team effort. 
I got the mic, but you got my bag. And we're all in this together. And I'll push a little while, and you'll pull. And then you'll pull a little while, and I'll push a little while. And we're going to get to a holy destination that the Lord's already preordained. And something supernatural is going to happen here in just a little while. And we're all going to rejoice over it. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you so much for the word of the Lord. These great people who have gathered in your name. We ask that you anoint the preaching of the word as you have anointed your written word. Let this atmosphere of worship continue as we react to your presence. Let us flow in the Holy Ghost and let great and supernatural things occur. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Fist somebody close by you if you feel like it. If not, just blink your eyes real fast and say, hey, good things are going to happen in Jesus' name. I used to have a fellow that I preached to every Sunday when I was his pastor, and he was my official sleeper. Uh, about three words in, he was out. His name was Gary. He sat in section four, and uh, one time after a, a Mother's Day service, he said, Oh, Pastor, I so love to hear the stories about your mother. I said, Gary, I don't think you've heard a thing in ten years. He said, what do you mean? I said, well, you sleep about word three. He said, oh, no, I'll come in and out. I hear some things. And so if you're a sleeper today, don't worry. It won't be long. So you'll have to get your nap in quickly. Uh, my motto always has been, it doesn't have to be long. Church should be good church. We're going to see God do some supernatural stuff here. I feel the anointing of the Lord in this building. I have felt the gift of faith flowing from the beginning of this service. And where that happens, the gift of faith is when God loans his faith to you. And God believes everything his word says about himself. And so every now and then he'll just drop it in your spirit and say, let me loan you this gift for a little while so you can believe for everything I can do for you. And that's what I feel in this house, just the gift of faith flowing. And uh, whatever you need God to do for you, you need to decide right now. It's going to be done before this day is over. I'm going to talk to you for a few minutes today on walking this road. The fastest man in the world. That's a majestic title. It sounds impressive. It's intimidating for some. But it basically says, you give it your best shot and I can run faster. That distinction, being the fastest man in the world, has earned him millions in endorsements and opened the doors for audiences with the most powerful people in the world. His name is Usain Bolt, and he's a track star. He runs for a living. And he's the best that the sport has ever seen in its history. Wow. Try to top that. Well, well, let me try. My name is Glenn, and I walk. A few times a week. On a good week. But, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm a walker. Not, not that fast, just steady. And for me, pace isn't important. Uh, just consistency. One foot in front of the other, just walking. 
let's face it, when you view the comparison between me and Usain Bolt, walking is not that staggering of an accomplishment, unless you're nine months old or recovering from an accident. Take my word for it. Walking doesn't lend itself to endorsements that pay millions or open the door with audiences of heads of state. It's just not that impressive. Nobody has ever called me to interview me for their sports show. I'm just not getting that much press for walking. In fact, my family makes fun of my walking. Imagine that. They say things like, Dad, your, your gait is strange. And my daughter adds to it and says, your steps look goofy. How's that for a confidence builder? Not only is walking not particularly impressive, but now I'm harassed for the effort I put forth. I suspect that I could go on record and let you know that my walking will never attract a stadium full of onlookers. In fact, recently, while walking the bleachers at a local high school, my wife and I, trying to lose a few pounds, you know, we overheard a young kid say to his dad, Dad, why are they walking so slow? In fact, most folks are so impressed with those who run this race that few ever give thought that the Bible invites us to walk this road. Most folk will protest and frown and subtle uh, show of disagreement, but there, there appears to be place in God's world for those who choose to walk. I'm not trying to lower the bar or downplay the effort of sprinters. I'm as impressed by the runners as you are. But I'm trying to let you see that there is an anointed path for the walkers of faith. In fact, on this path, direction is more important than pace. And determination is more important than pizzazz. Let's read verse 8 of our text again. A highway shall be there and a road, and it shall be called the highway of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for others. Whoever walks the road, that encourages me. Although a fool, he kind of throws that in there, shall not go astray. Hold on now. Be careful. I know most folk are nervous about that seemingly intimidated phrase that says the highway of holiness. Most people, when they read that, they start immediately stepping back. And they decide to say, hey, you don't know me. I'm not holy. There's no way I could rise to that level of distinction. But in God's world, he views it as his responsibility to make us holy. And so all he requires is a repentant heart. Water baptism in his name. And then he offers you a gift called the Holy Ghost. And just like that, you're holy. That's not hard. That's easy. And when you decide to walk this road of faith, there's some amazing benefits that God offers. But when you decide, you know what? 
I'm going to follow after the Lord a little while. God checks off the box. And he says, I'm going to extend to you some anointed benefits that not everybody gets. There's some folks on your road this morning. They don't know what you have at your disposal. There's some people you'll work with tomorrow morning. They have no idea exactly who you are. And when everybody in the world's panicked, and when everybody in the world's overwhelmed, you can whistle your song and walk in with a smile on your face because you're walking a road that guarantees some benefits. We're going to discuss just three of those this morning. The first one is he guards against spiritual death. Do you know there's a lot of opportunities in your life to make errors that Satan will attempt to paint as fatal in business, in relationships, in raising your children? There are enough landmines planted by the opponent of your faith that you could live your whole life in fear of failure that wipes you out. But the God of the universe decided to make a way for faith walkers that although a fool, He would not let you go astray. He didn't say you wouldn't be foolish. He doesn't say He wants you to be foolish. But in the event that you ever fall into the foolish category. Oh, time out. Let's take a survey. Anybody ever done anything foolish? Close your eyes and raise your hand. See, I didn't want to implicate your neighbor, but just in case you're wondering, your neighbor raised their hand too. And if they didn't raise your hand, the Scripture says all. I didn't say it. You said it. But in the event that you fall into the foolish category. He declares that your moment of mess will not be the same as your moment of death. You will not die at the hands of your adversary if you just keep walking. I know it's not glamorous, and I know it's not cool, And I know you won't get many awards just for keep on walking. But let the naysayers whisper and the critics chant and Satan mock you. But you just keep putting one foot in front of the other on this road. And God has promised that you shall not go astray. You just won't quit. The landmine won't maim you forever. The attack won't take out your whole world. The foolishness won't take you out of the game for good. Just keep right on going. And Jesus Christ will see to it that on this road of holiness, you'll have some dividends that keep on paying over and over and over again. That encourages me. Because when I wake up in the morning and I don't feel real positive, about the direction of my life. All I'm called to do is get out of bed, put one foot in front of the other, and bless His name. You've been good to me, Lord. I don't see you working. I don't feel you working. I don't know what's going on in my life. But ah, you've been good. You're my Savior. You're my Redeemer. You're my way maker. You're the lifter of my head. You're the blesser of my soul. That's all you're required to do. One foot in front of the other. Let the sprinters sprint on past you. Let them hide the trophies and the awards and their name be painted on the wall. But you just wake up Monday morning and keep on walking. And wake up Wednesday morning and keep on walking. And bless the name of the Lord. And He promises, I'm not going to let Satan take you out forever. The second thing, this road that you walk 
offers you as a benefit is that he will protect your territory against Satan. Now, the opponent of your faith, my dad used to call him old Slewfoot, has only one mission, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. In short, he wants everything about your faith world. He wants every ounce of territory that you've declared is yours. He wants your provision. He wants your family. He wants your peace of mind. He wants your help. And he wants your worship. All these things have been promised to you by God as an extraordinary benefit of serving God. Satan understands your promises better than you do. And he wants to mar them, tarnish them in your mind, and set up camp in the middle of every extraordinary thing God ever does for you. Whatever God has given you or promised you to be supernatural and extraordinary, the opponent of your faith wants to set up shop right in the middle of it and say, this is my ground. And the bad part is we often believe Him. But when you decide to walk this road of faith and godliness, your heavenly Father puts a boundary around some things and offers you this promise to help you sleep at night and trudge through the dark weeks. Verse 9, No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast go up on it. It shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. Every time. No, oh, I don't want to clap. make you clap a little bit right there. Clap it over. I think it's a bigger verse. When, every time you hear the threatening roar of hell, here's what you declare to Satan I'm a faith walker of God's road, and you have no right to be here. Now he sounds like a ravenous beast, but God's got him on a short leash. He can sit in the distance and roar. He can stalk you from the roadside and intimidate you with those stairs that threaten destruction. But for those who choose to walk the road, there are some places he simply cannot go. He wants to get up in the middle of your miracle. He wants to get up in the middle of your family. He wants to get up in the middle of your peace of mind. He wants to get up in the middle of your faith declaration. But he has no right to be there. And every time he puts his paw on your soil, you say, get back. You're not supposed to be here. Oh, I feel that in the Holy Ghost. Somebody shout, get back. Now put your hands up like this and say, get back. That's what you do to Satan. He's going to try to persuade you that I belong here. And he'll come in kind of sheepishly. And sometimes he'll come in kind of bold. And he'll set up a little camp in your life. And you'll say, oh my goodness, hell's here. 
what do I do? I'll tell you what you do. You walk up to him and give him his eviction papers and say, sorry, sir, wrong house. Get down the street. I'm a faith walker on God's road. My son has a Doberman Pinterest. He's a red color, and he's about 95 pounds. He looks as dangerous as the devil and as mean as Satan himself. And, and that's a good look for him. I mean, he's muscled up. He's got big teeth. His eyes look like they'll stare a hole in you. But what you don't know about Bo is he's the biggest loser that's ever been. All he can do is masquerade as a mean dog. It works for a little while. I've seen him run service men back up in their trucks. And the postman will not come out of his vehicle. And the UPS guy just throws the packages and hope they make it there. Why? Because they're intimidated by this 95-pound beast brute of an animal. But what they don't know, all you got to do. Get out of here, you idiot! He'll cower in fear. He's about to check out of your zip code and find his home in another yard down the street. You can run him anywhere you want to run him, and you can tell him to go anywhere you want to tell him, and he'll listen, he'll hunker down, and he'll go your way. Somebody says, somebody must have been whipping on that dog. Oh, no, no. No, no. You just got to recognize your authority. And he's smart enough to recognize authority. And Satan's got some of us worshipers uh, uh, blocked in the house of God today. He's intimidated some of us. And he believes as you clap, your worship don't matter at all. Your praise don't matter at all. He keeps telling you. But what he don't want you to know is your voice rings in the heavens. And your praise echoes down the halls of the hallowed ground of your God. And your worship makes a difference. So when he threatens you with lies of intimidation, you need to declare the benefits of the road. No weapon formed against me shall prosper, and every lying tongue shall be defeated. The stripes on his back are for the healing of my body. The helmet of salvation is for the protector of my mental peace. And he has not given me the spirit of fear, but he has given me a sound mind. You're redeemed. You've been bought back with a price. The old's passed away, and the new is now the story of your life. All you got to do is walk like it. Now, now my dad was a mess. He, he had nine children, of which I'm the baby. We, we were poor people raised in a rusty roof mobile home in South Mississippi. But now, when you saw my daddy, you thought he was a billionaire. His hair was always combed. His clothes was always looking good. And we used to harass him as children. I guess I'm reaping what I sow because my children harass me now. But we used to harass my daddy because when my daddy walked, he had a little swagger. Had a little bounce in his step. He's going to point at you, give you a little wink. You, when, when, you, when he came in, you thought, I don't know who this dude is, but he owns something. He's got something. He's a pretty powerful cat. He's bluffing the whole way. He ain't got nothing. But he's walking like he's got everything. And I tell you what, life may beat me up a little bit, but when I come in that parking lot and I get out of the car or my truck and my feet hit the ground, I square my shoulders and lift my head. I say, I'm going in my God's house. I'm anointed. I got power in my praise. 
I got power in my prayer. I've got blessing in my spirit, man. I've got anointing in my hands because I'm a child of God. You need to walk like you got something. You need to clap your hands like you got power. Shout like you got anointing in your spirit. You are God's child. Somebody shout, get back. You got to imagine that Doberman. Satan's just like it. Every time you shout, get back, he retreats. You about run him off the property already. He was camping around one of your promises before you came to the house of God this morning. But he's about to grab his stuff and be on his way out. If you muster the courage to shout at him a few more times. If you raise your head a little bit more and say, oh no babe, not me and not today. I'm an anointed child of God. I got promises in my hip pocket that the Lord's given me. I'm going to make my way out of here and overcome it. I'm going to close just a moment. I, the third thing that I want to talk to you about, a benefit about walking this road. Somebody shout, get back. Yeah. Oh, my God. I feel an awning right there. Get back away from my peace of mind, Satan. Get back away from my children. Get back away from my provision. Get back away from my job. Just get away from my world. I'm anointed. You just need to push back a little bit. Just, just push back. Get back. Get back. Get off my property. Get away from my stuff. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's overcoming an awning in this building right now. Somebody will be healed. Somebody can run your disease right out of your life in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The, the third thing, the third thing is uh, he promised. That's, this is God here. He promises that he'll bring back stolen things. Uh, sometimes when we're not looking, hell creeps in and steals. Sometimes he sneaks in undercover. We got our eyes open. We don't recognize his desire. He comes in and grabs some stuff. Sometimes we'll just let life crowd in this season of craziness and worldwide pandemic. We got folks battling fear and folks worried about the future and just our minds clouded and crowded. We'll let Satan come in and take up shop where the God of glory said we could have peace of mind and we could put on the helmet of salvation that protects your mind from the torment that everybody else endures. Every now and then he'll he'll sneak in. I uh, in my family, I, as I said, there were nine of us. And if you lived at home, you were required to go to church. If you believed or not believed, it didn't matter. You just going. I had some brothers who were not the most aggressive of Christians, not saying it mildly. And 
they would work long hours, but if you came home and, and church was still going on and you had time to take a shower and get to church, even if you got 10 minutes of it, that was the rule in our house. You just came and you got 10 minutes. As a matter of fact, if you got in there for the last final prayer, I was all right too. You better get there. I had a brother who had worked a long uh, shift and, uh, and he was uh, probably intentionally dragging around. And, and uh, it was common knowledge that we all went to church. It was also common knowledge that we had a, a, a few shotguns in the house that might have a little value. Or, and uh, so my brother was getting ready for church. He said he heard somebody wiggle the door handle. And then the door came open. He knew everybody in our family was at church. That was just a given. He knew that. He said, my Lord, somebody's in this house. He heard some rustling around. He could tell people were gathering up some guns. His name was Gary. And it's my brother. He's a peaceful, laid-back guy. And he thought, what do I do? I can either sit here and he don't know nobody's home. I just let him take everything. And then I'll say, well, somebody stole something. Or I can holler. And so he said, I said, hey! He said, man, that's all it took. I heard a rattle and he dropped everything he had. He or she, whoever it was, I never saw him. They ran out the door, the door slammed. They scratched gravel down the driveway and exited our premises. Sometimes all you got to do is say something. When you know Satan is encroaching, you just got to raise your voice. There are a few things, though, that violate a person more than a thief breaking in and stealing things. But when your belongings have been rummaged through and your safe place has been violated, it's, it's enough to have you spend way too much time looking over your shoulder and, and wondering where the thief is. When you factor in things of value being stolen, there's a mark that burglary leaves on your life. And, and, and the truth is, all of us have had some things stolen. We've seen things ripped from our grasp. We've lost things we've inherited. We've seen the thief of our souls take things that mean the world to us. And worse than that is an emboldened and brazen thief who taunts you and points to your possessions and says, I have them. There's nothing you can do about it. But here's your promise, verse 10. And the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing with everlasting joy on their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. The ransom of the Lord are those who've had hell hold them and their things hostage. It's a special group of people that Satan felt like he owned. When, you, when you're held hostage by Satan, he'll parade you around. He'll expose you and talk about your weaknesses and your vulnerabilities. And he'll want every day you to notice how weak you really are. But then the Holy Ghost comes. And when the Spirit of our God comes and sets you free, you're able to go back and gather things that He's stolen from you. And that's the promise that God has given to those who walk this road. You've now got a victory song to sing. Musicians, come. Joy is now attached to your mind and will not go away. Those fleeting emotions that used to rise high and plummet low are replaced by joy that words cannot describe. 
Gladness replaces dread. Every new day is embraced with hope and every failure is viewed as temporary. Life takes on a new light and sunlight replaces the darkness. And gladness becomes your new lifestyle when you decide to walk this road. When the redeeming God comes and snatches you out of Satan's grasp, he gives you something that you can walk with every day of your life. I'm going to close with a prophecy in the Word of God and then a declaration that God spoke to me for this service. Verse 10, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. (laughs) And sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Have you ever gotten out of your vehicle or been walking down the hall and you just let out an involuntary sigh? And you don't even know it. I've had my wife ask me, what, what was that sigh about? Like, what sigh? Well, you just let out a big old sigh. I was like, well, I don't know. I wasn't thinking about it. But, but when life pressures you and, and you're under the attack of Satan, every now and then you get in a habit of it's not great and this dilemma will never go away and it invades your thought process. And it invades your faith world. And Satan keeps telling you, you're not going to get under that, out from under that. You're not going to outrun that. You're not going to have peace. Not, not if I can help it. And you, you feel this pressure. But here, here's the word that God spoke to me for this house. I declare that this season of anxiety and fear and dread will end and gladness of heart and peace of mind will replace your sense of hopelessness. I declare that the word of the Lord is true and the sighing and the sorrow shall flee away. This morning, we're about to put the devil on notice. And you might hold everybody else captive. And there may be other houses of worship that are overcome by anxiety and fear, but not here at the fountain. Not here in Barton, not us. We're anointed people. We believe there's power in our voice. We believe we're walking a road that gives us benefits to declare our territory as owned and occupied by the Holy Ghost. And we're here to look Satan in the eye this morning and say, get your hands off me. Not another day. You're not torturing me anymore. I want you to stand. Hallelujah. You're anointed. You're God's child. You've chosen the walk. There's some that sprinted past you. They go faster than you. But don't worry about the sprinters. They wear out fast. You just decide, I'm going to walk this road. I'm going to live this life of faith. I'm going to try my best to please God the best I can. I won't get it all right. Every now and then, I'll drift off in the foolish category. But he promised I won't go astray. I'm going to just keep on going until the end of this destination. And You're going to enjoy miracle after miracle and victory after victory. And overcoming moment after overcoming moment. I'm going to tell you how we're going to do the altar call today. 
I'd love to have a good old-fashioned prayer line and shake some things down in the Holy Ghost. But we're, we're not going to do that today just for respect of, of, of how you might feel about the virus. But i tell you what we're going to do. I want you to take your right hand here. You see this? Take your right hand. Just rave it up like this. Hold it up high. Just say, I'm anointed. Say, this hand's anointed. I'm going to tell you. I'd love to lay hands on everybody in this building. Because I believe on the, in the laying on of hands. But I can't get to you. So this is what we're going to do. When I count to three, I want you to put your hands on your forehead. And I want you to take back the promises. I want you to reinvigorate the hope in your life. I want you to command Satan to get off your territory. I want you to declare new and fresh things in the supernatural for your life and for this church. For this church. There's coming a day of radical forward motion and growth for this church. This ain't about help. This is about Satan trying to stop you. And he's not going to be able to do it. And whatever you need God to do, there's healing in this building right now. I feel as strong as I've felt it in my lifetime. There's healing in this building. When I count to three, I want you to put your hands on your forehead and, and, and begin to pray over your life. And I'm going to declare over you power. One, two, three. Father, in the name of Jesus, by the authority of the Word of God and according to the promises of God's prayer, I declare over this building and over this house, every individual whose, whose voice is lifted, who has a hand on their head, I declare healing and I declare strength and I declare overcoming power. By the authority of the Holy Ghost and by the supernatural power of God, let an outbreak of your spirit roll through this building. Let signs, wonders, and miracles take place before our eyes. We command Satan to get his filthy hands off us, our family, and our promises. We command him to get off the ter territory God has promised us. We command him to flee the ordained land that the Lord has already set forth for us. Every promise and every declaration of the Lord, every prophecy over my life, I declare it to be true. And I speak in holiness and boldness that the hand of an almighty God is at work. Let it be so today. Won't you lift your voice and speak in tongues if the Lord moves on you. Praise His name if He moves on you. Bless His name while you're praying. And while you're praising, the Holy Ghost is going to begin to move in this building. And you are going to work in the Spirit of God. Every gift of faith rise up in this building. Every prophetic utterance begin to rise in this house. Prophesy some things over your life. Declare some things over your life. Speak it in boldness that you will walk in God's way. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Somebody say it with me. Enemy of my soul, get back.